Welcome to Rise Above Your Mind, a podcast dedicated to education, advocacy, and support for topics related to mental health and all challenges and obstacles that are found in the world today. Welcome back to another episode of Rise Above Your Mind. Today, we are joined by Braley Keller. If you just want to introduce yourself real quick. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me, Jaden. My name is Braley Keller. I am a 2020 graduate of Nebraska Wesleyan University, where I played football and swam. And while I was at Wesleyan, I found my way onto uh, the NCAA Student Athlete Advisory Committee and through my work on SAC is how I got to know Jaden at the, at the conference SAC level. And now he is, uh, he has rise to stardom on the national committee. And I'm <laughs> stoked about that. So that's, that's kind of how our paths cross, but where I'm at now is uh, pursuing a master's in athletic administration at the university of Nebraska. Uh, while also working at uh, a company called open doors, uh, an athlete marketing platform, uh, that has been uh, been in the NIL space for professional athletes for about the last 10 years. And obviously now with the changing of the industry, um, fits nicely with collegiate NIL opportunities. Yeah, super excited to have you here today. Obviously, well-versed in the, uh, the rules and regulations of NIL. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's been so confusing for student-athletes is trying to figure out what they can and can't do, you know, and there's, there's people out there that are trying to get these sponsorships and partnerships and all of that. And people are still really uncertain. And we talked about this a lot at the NCAA meetings a couple of weeks ago of just like, how do we know, you know, what we can and can't do? I don't know if you have any insight into that. Obviously you've been working with open doors for a while now. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you're you're not wrong at all about people trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, if if you don't mind me giving you a bit of a history uh, background, I could I could try and show you. Go the for it. And where that place. Go in. for it. Yeah. So uh, back in 2019, California's governor uh, Gavin Newsom signed the Fair Pay to Play Act, which enabled California student athletes to be compensated for their NIL. That effective date was set for 2023. Um, so it was down the road, but it was definitely something that was on the radar. And when California acted on that, the NCA was kind of put on notice. And since 2019, the NCA has been seeking input from third party uh, experts who had been in the industry for a while. Open Doors was one of which, uh, with a variety of other companies and athletic directors, experts, you name it. And throughout the 2019 summer, fall, and, and through the 2020 academic year as well, we saw the NCA drafting proposed legislation. And that's where a little bit of my experience came in as well, being on the Division Three NIL Oversight Committee. And as we got to what I, what I believe to be it was a really good point, uh, with the proposals. I think it was pretty encompassing of uh, different areas, encompassing of playing in practice seasons, when and when you can't participate in NIL, lots of just details. I think that were fleshed out well. And so we had these proposals and we're heading into 
the January of 2021 convention. And it was Friday afternoon, like literally three days before we were going to vote on this, that uh, President Emmert and the NCAA staff received a letter from the Department of Justice. And they had cited that the proposed NIL legislation could be a potential antitrust risk. And that's leading into a whole slew of litigation that the NCA was hoping to avoid altogether around it. So they had to hit the brakes in January. And so when January had passed and there was this break in between January and July 1st, and July 1st was the main date because the state of Florida had set an effective date for July 1st and a few other states followed. So what transpired in between there was a lot of activity with states. We saw 18 different states enact NIL legislation that would have a July 1st effective date, uh, which put, a again, more tremendous pressure on the NCA to act. Uh, and as the date got closer, the NCA had enacted an interim NIL policy, which was very, very light compared to what was previously proposed. And in that, we saw really one of two cases. And that was that if a student athlete was in a state with a state law, they would follow the state law. And if a student athlete was in a state that didn't have a law, they would follow the institutional policy. So whatever policies the school would create, that would be the NIL regulation for the athletes. So, I mean, it's the, it's the day before July 1st, and, and we're now seeing the ball tossed to a school to create their own policies. And, and I, I think we saw a lot of schools having to work through that very quickly, felt a lot of pressure around that. Compliance officers uh, certainly did. And I think there's still a lot of schools working through it. So having that as the lens of maybe why there's a lot of confusion, uh, I mean, I think that, that just brings clarity to it that even now it's, we're in the NIL era, we're 29 days in, but people are still figuring out the rules and regulations of it. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this a lot at obviously the NCAA meetings about how complicated it gets when you go down to like the state level and then the institution level, because there was a point where we were deciding our working committees for the next year. And somebody was like, Oh, we should have an NIL working committee that would really focus on like putting out information and like guidelines and supporting student athletes and stuff like that. And all of the NCAA liaisons were like, that's a great idea, except there's no one governing rule. There's no one size fits all for NIL. And so there's not really a way to put out information that says, hey, here's what you can and can't do. Here's what you should be looking for. Here's how you can profit off your name, image, and likeness because each state has different rules. And it even gets more complicated when you look at like conferences so like obviously the american rivers were eight schools in iowa one school in nebraska and so mm -hmm. for the most part we're all going to have the same kind of statewide regulations for nil but you look at schools in conferences where they maybe span three or four states or even like the coast to coast conference that has schools on the east and west coast like it just gets so complicated because each individual athlete is going to have to jump through all of these loops to try and figure out, okay, this is exactly what is available for me. And 
So I guess my question for you is how does Open Doors help with that? How do they help student athletes find the opportunities available to them? Yeah, good question. And, and I guess before I answer the Open Doors side of that first, I do want to address a, a couple things. I think the consistency has been um, a headache to say the least to a lot of the governing, <laughs> like a uh, governing body. And when I mean governing body, I can, uh, that ranges from the NCA as an association to conferences that are, like you said, governing schools that are in multiple states under different laws and whatnot. Uh, so that's definitely been an issue. The NCA and I think a lot of conferences and even athletes have advocated for federal and uniform legislation around NIL, and that just hasn't been the case, unfortunately. And so where we've been left at with the patchwork of state laws, I think, I, I think there are some consistencies, uh, some trends across the states. And if I were to point out five of them, they're, they're, they are broad, and I guess they vary. But first is just that the schools, conferences, and associations, they can't limit an athlete's ability to be compensated. The second would be that Athletes can receive professional representation if the agent is registered in the state. That's very consistent. Third would be participate, participation in NIL activities shouldn't impact a student athlete's athletic or scholarship eligibility. Another consistency is around NIL agreements not being in conflict with the team's contract. We also see that I mean, broadly schools, conferences, and the NCAA can't pay an athlete directly for their NIL, which has been a, a point of contention for, for a while under a few state laws. And, and then the last thing that is, it's hard to maybe generalize it, but we have seen a lot of state laws and even school policies prohibiting vice industries uh, like, you know, the, the drugs, alcohol, adult entertainment, gambling, those are, those are prohibitions. It's hard to lump those all together. So just generally it would be some vice industries. There's protection against that. So if there is any bit of consistency, it's there, but even then that's, you know, we're, we're talking about state laws that are 10 pages long and that's just five bullet points to yeah. rattle off. So hard to see that, but to get back to your question uh, about where open doors fits into this, uh, Open Doors is a facilitator for these deals. So what Open Doors uh, offers directly for student athletes is a platform called Open Doors Deals. Think of it like an Airbnb. So for this analogy, instead of uh, the Airbnb being the apartment, in this case, it's the athlete. So they would list their profile in this marketplace and then instead of you know a traveler looking for an apartment it would be a brand looking for an athlete to work with so Jaden, you're a big mental health advocate you're a soccer player that would go into your profile and if there's a, a local or a national brand whoever it is that enters into open door deals if they are searching for a soccer player who also is passionate about mental health they would find you you would pop up in those search results so Again, it, I think it creates a, a very nice platform for athletes to be accessed. Uh, we've started to see this, this really cool shift where an athlete will take their Open Doors profile, use that URL, put it in their Twitter bio or put it in their Instagram bio. And it's like becoming this new huddle link uh, that you used to see in, in athletes' bios. So 
I think you can see that working too, uh, where a brand post game uh, after an athlete maybe has a, a tremendous finish or um, just has been strongly advocating any sort of, uh, you know, in any sort of cause online, if, if a brand notices that and notices their presence on social media, they could find it in their bio right away and, and reach out to them that way. So that's the, the deal side of Open Doors. And we've also partnered with uh, about 40 different schools in regards to Open Doors Ready. And that's our education training on brand building, NIL in general, what is it, what can and can't be done. Uh, and, and again, broad, preparedness there. I, I hope that answers the question. Absolutely. For me, obviously, as somebody who is so invested in, you know, the mental health awareness, so invested in building my brand for this podcast for Rise Above Your Mind, trying to grow it, understanding how this all works is very important. And I know that there's hundreds of thousands of student athletes out there right now who maybe have a pretty good social media following or have something that they're really passionate about, but just don't know where to start. They, they're like, do I just reach out to brands? Do I like put myself out there? How do I, how do I make this happen? And I think open doors is a great kind of like connecting point. And I've seen, I've seen it grow on social media. I think when you graduated from Wesleyan and first started working with open doors, I remember you posted about it and I was like, oh, what's this? And I kind of like clicked on their page and read a little bit about it. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. But like, doesn't really apply to me. So it is what it is. You know, I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm just a D3 backup goalkeeper, you know, play, <laughs> yeah. playing in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, like whatever. But as obviously we get into the, as we call it now, the NIL era, I've seen open doors a lot more on social media. I've seen people on Twitter and Instagram that are like, Hey, I got this deal through open doors. Check out this link in my bio and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's just growing. It's growing, which is good because the NIL era is obviously very important as, as student athletes for years now, we've been wanting to be able to even just like the most basic um, profiting off of our name, image, and likeness. I mean, I have recently started a partnership with Unbroken Athletica, which is a mental health awareness clothing brand that was designed and created by Emily Dreger, who is a former softball player at Upper Iowa University and has been a huge mental health advocate during her time as an athlete and since she graduated. That's awesome. And kind of she posted about it. It went viral on TikTok. I reached out to her. She's actually in the process of sharing her story on The Hidden Opponent and kind of partnering with us there, which is awesome. But she created like a affiliate through Unbroken where if people use my link, if, if like when I'm promoting it, then I get part of the proceeds back to me. And then part of the proceeds go to like the National Mental Health Awareness Fund and stuff like that. And it's just like cool because like, so far, I think I've made like six or seven dollars off of it. So it's not like it's not like I'm like yeah. all of a sudden making like you know six figures off of NIL deals. But it's but like that's hey, Chipotle, dude, that's exactly that's a, that's a burrito at Chipotle. That's that's it's like, big time, man. It's like it's like it's just the little things, and I think that's especially important for Division Three because I think like last week I saw on Instagram that 
uh, Nick Saban said that Alabama's quarterback was already approaching like seven figures in deals through NIL. And I'm sitting here, you know, with my seven bucks about to go buy my Chipotle burrito. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, seven bucks for seven figures. All right. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> but I think for, for D3, it's, it's more of just like seeing what's out there. You know, I know like I think the state of Nebraska was it. There was, I can't remember who it was. There was some, it was like a restaurant that was like, we'll partner with any athlete. Yeah, Runza. 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 Yeah. And they were like, we'll partner with any athlete that wants to. Like, get your we name saw, out there. Yeah. And we saw a lot of D3 athletes take up that offer. A lot of, a lot of teammates of mine, my alma mater at Nebraska Wesleyan. Yeah. We saw activity ranging from starting quarterback at the Division One. Uh, school downtown to yeah maybe it is a backup goalkeeper at at our division three school I think you're seeing a lot of those sorts of activations early too um, the you mentioned runs as a local restaurant maybe a national example could be uh, GoPuff if you're familiar mm-hmm. with them they had pledged to uh, give NIL opportunities to any and every student athlete across the country in exchange for a social media promotion post so Literally, it is the entire gamut of your Alabama starting quarterback to whoever else you can think of. If you're a college athlete and you can be compensated for NIL, GoPuff in the month of July was, uh, or still is, I suppose, offering that deal. Yeah, and I think that's just the best part about it is that you, you've got your Division One people that are signing like these big contracts that are like, you're going to, you know, promote yourself through us and you're going to make hundred thousand dollars and stuff like that. And you look at it and you're like, that's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But then you look at, you know, the D three, the, the D two, the smaller schools that are like, Hey, I'm going to make 25 bucks off of this, this little sponsorship, or I'm just going to post on my Instagram about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for some people like at the D one level, like they, they get all of their gear and stuff like that. But, you know, for some people, it's like, hey, I can get this sponsorship deal and make a hundred bucks total through these four deals. So now we can kind of go out and say, hey, like, let's put ourselves out there. Let's try and build something. And like, I've, I've started this podcast back in January with no intent of, you know, building it into something where like I could make money off of it. It was always just like, I'm just doing this for fun. I want to create a bigger following. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of like, I wonder if I could get my podcast to be sponsored, you know, like, like yeah, stuff absolutely. like that, where it's just like, it's just like the little things. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing at the D3 level is yeah. those, those little affiliations, those little deals that, you know, like you said, like that's groceries for two weeks. Like yeah. it's important. Yeah. And I, I think it goes into that, uh, that old adage of, you know, doing what you love and getting paid for it is like a perfect combination. And that's, that's where I think I, I was discouraged originally with so many conversations around NIL back in like 2019, 2020, because they used, this was like, everyone pulled this example right out of the pocket. It's like, well, what about the starting quarterback that would go to the car dealership? It's like, yeah, I'm sure that has happened and, and can happen, but I'm more interested in the creative examples. I'm, I'm interested in someone like you, Jaden, taking your podcast that you already have been doing, that you're passionate about, regardless of if you're getting paid for it, but now having that opportunity to be compensated. I'm, 
I'm interested in seeing where athletes can take this creatively or they can mix this in with their major that they're studying. Because I mean, the, the NCAA has coined this term that you're more than likely going to be going pro in something other than sports. And with that as the background in really leveraging not only your four year window of opportunity in athletics at, at your university, you have this opportunity to pair that with your education uh, in, in thinking about, you know, take an athlete who's a kinesiology major, they're studying the human body and they are using their body at an extreme level. I could see opportunities of that pairing together to be you know, creation of something like, like a, a new version of an ankle brace or some sort of athletics related. Yeah. I mean, any, any athletics related sort of medical device. I, I mean, there's so, again, yeah. I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but there are so many opportunities. You can see an education major hosting a camp. You could see an anthropology major showing, showing kids the bones instead of throwing the bones, you know, on, on Saturday. So just touring a local museum. I think there are just so many creative ways that I'm excited to see where athletes take it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing for me that NIL really unlocks is people who've already been doing things that they would have done without getting paid that now they can get paid for it. Like one of my really good friends, she's another THO intern, uh, Kaylin Bushhorn. Mm -hmm. I had her on the podcast a while back. She started a page called more than just balls, which is like highlighting women in sports. And I think I recorded a podcast with her like two, three months ago. And she just hit like a thousand followers on Instagram. And now she's almost to 10,000. And She's been reposted by Billie Jean King and Simone Biles and Venus Williams and like some pretty crazy talented athletes and her page is really growing and she's a lacrosse player at the D3 level. And so there is no way that she could profit off of her page while she was still playing. But now because of this, she can get sponsored. She can, you know, promote this on a greater platform without having to worry about her eligibility being in danger. And mm-hmm. it's just so great to see because, you know, you hear stories about, I can't remember his name, but there was a football player like a couple years ago who had like a YouTube page that mm-hmm. where he did like crazy, like athletic things, like kicking footballs from like 70 yards and like doing flips and all that. And he was making money off of his YouTube page in high school. And, he was committed to go D1. And then still it was like, if you're going to keep making money on your YouTube off your name, image, and likeness, then you can't, you're not going to be eligible to play. And so he had to choose whether he wanted to play college football or keep running his YouTube page that had gathered hundreds of thousands of followers. And if that had happened today, he wouldn't have had to make that decision. And so, you know, it's those little things like that's, that's like his entire life that was set out for him and then he had to change course. And so I don't, I don't think some people realize just how amazing this is, like just how incredible it is to see this finally go through because it's been something that's been talked about for so long now. And like you said, there's always been those naysayers that are like, Oh, well, what if people start doing this and what if it turns into this? And now, you know, you can't go to a college football game without every single player walking into the stadium with sponsored gear and all that. And 
it's like, why not let them do it? You know? Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, among other things, there are so many changes that are hitting collegiate athletics now. And if you want to talk about conference realignment, that's a whole other podcast, but there, oh my gosh. Yeah. There, there are so many changes happening, but I think when you boil this down and I, I think something that started NIL uh, in really started a passion in me for NIL specifically were the examples that were originally prohibited. So a student athlete who wanted to host a camp or teach lessons could not affiliate their name or their school or participation in athletics with that. So my wife was a swimmer at Nebraska and she had a friend who asked her to do this. Um, it was like selling Arbon or, or something like that. Right. And she had to create her an entirely new Instagram page. She couldn't use her name. She couldn't say she was a student athlete at Nebraska. She had to completely dissociate it with her personal account and seeing how athletes had to go to these great lengths previously uh, to avoid any impact on their eligibility, but now having the freedom to do it and not just the freedom to do it, but the freedom to leverage their athletics, uh, their athletics status, I, I think is, is valuable. And I really, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's, it's been long overdue in terms of a change that's been needed. And uh, it's really a fundamental right for students, whether you're an athlete or not, to be able to, uh, to, create a name for yourself, create a brand for yourself, create a market for yourself and, and take it and run. Yeah, absolutely. And just building off what you just said about, you know, having to completely dissociate social media is that, that like, it's so frustrating and annoying to have to deal with. I have two former high school teammates who are now basketball players at the University of Iowa, Chris and Keegan Murray. And I saw recently on social media that they're doing a camp with Connor and Patrick McCaffrey. And I think like two other Iowa basketball players mm-hmm. and they're able to, you know, get paid for that. They're able to, and like, they're both like projected draft picks in the next two years. Same with like Connor and Patrick, both incredible athletes. And up until now, Iowa basketball would run a team camp where they would have kids come in and the players would teach them and all that. And they weren't able to profit off that. They just had to volunteer their time, work with the kid. And like, they love doing it. It's not like they weren't going to volunteer to do it. But now it's like, hey, we can host our own camp. You know, we can teach these kids these basketball skills that we have that help us get to the D1 level and actually profit off of it. And I think, like you said, like, that's so important. Those, those kind of outside things like camps, like teaching lessons, like as a swimmer, you can teach swim lessons. Like how, how cool is it to be like, Oh yeah, I I'm going to get swim lessons from a D one swimmer. Like that's awesome. But before that, it was just like, Oh, you know, there, you have to dissociate. You have to, yeah, it's, I'm it's, not trust, affiliated. Trust me, I, I will teach you swimming good, <laughs> but I can't tell you why I would be a good teacher kind of thing. Yeah, no, exactly. And I've dealt with that with like education, like as a future teacher, like I, I technically could have been like doing math lessons and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and it's not as, it's not like the same exact situation because it's not necessarily athletics related, mm-hmm. but I'm still as an NCAA athlete, I'm still not able to, you know, profit off of certain things 
and so it's just it's just so great to see and like you said like with your wife like she had to completely like separate it and I have the same thing like with my um like with the podcast I have like my name in it but I couldn't do anything with that you know like I couldn't be like oh I'm sponsored by Unbroken Athletica I'm I'm sponsored by GoPuff or Runza like yeah I had to I had to completely pay for everything myself do the whole process myself and you know people I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see I mean the podcast industry is growing as it is but I wouldn't be surprised if we see more d1 through d3 student athletes that are like hey I'm gonna start a podcast talking about life as a division one athlete or talking about you know this and this mm-hmm. and I'm going to get sponsored by like huge corporations and stuff like that because they can now. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so great to see all of those. Like you said, like the unique opportunities are the most exciting because yeah, you'll have your Alabama quarterbacks that are signing deals with Nike and, and stuff like that. But you know, for, for everybody else, it's just, it's just a new opportunity to kind of go out there and see what difference we can make in the world which, yeah. you know, as, as student athletes, that's really all we want. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and if there's one thing uh, that I'd like to say too, to, to kind of bring this back and especially hit on an important topic with your podcast on mental health is just what we've learned at open doors after being in the industry for 10 years, the collegiate industry is a month old, but NIL at the professional level is nothing new. And, and what we've learned is that as athletes post more, they get more engagements and more followers, which leads to a higher value in their social media channels. And while that, that sounds good, there's definitely this, there, there can be a misinterpretation that more posts means you've got to be posting every day. And that can be a burden on an athlete's mental health. That can be a burden in terms of just how you perceive yourself and how you perceive yourself online. And uh, by no means is that the intention at all. We, we preach authenticity, transparency online, because whether it's your followers uh, or just your, your friends in general, if, if there's not that authenticity online, not only will your friends and followers see right through it, but also brands um, will be able to tell that, that that isn't really you. You know, if, again, using you as an example, being passionate about mental health, that's clear. And that comes naturally. And that's, that's what social media needs to be about. It's about being yourself and not acting uh, a certain way or posting a certain way to fit in with the crowd. But it, it is staying true to you and what you believe. And it makes it that much easier to share it online too, when you're passionate about it. And that's where we've seen at the professional level too, the best sponsorships come out of these authentic partnerships between an athlete uh, who is extremely passionate or vocal about a topic uh, and, and a brand seems to fit right with them too. Yeah. And I think the topic of mental health, it really applies to all forms of student athlete life because we all deal with mental health issues, whether we want to admit it or not, because collegiate athletes are collegiate athletics. Like it's a struggle. You know, we deal with pressures, we deal with school and sports and all of these outside factors and i think when it comes to nil it's just trying to put ourselves out there like you said authentically you know i'm not gonna go out 
looking for partnership deals for brands that aren't related to what I'm passionate about. You know, like if I'm going to be sponsored with something for the podcast, I want it to be like a national mental health organization or, you know, a, a local organization that's passionate about mental health as well. Like stuff like that is what I really want to promote. And so that's why like with Unbroken, which is an amazing um, organization for mental health, like promotion and the clothing brand. Immediately after NIL started, I was like, I reached out to Emily and I was like, Hey, like I want to be partnered with you because I, I would have promoted you for free, but now I yeah. can actually promote you and make money off of it. And, you know, it's those kind of deals where just being authentic, like you said, just remembering why you got into athletics in the first place, remembering, you know, who you are. And I think, like you said, with mental health is not putting so much pressure on like, oh, I need to get this deal. I need to get this deal. Like, how can I put myself out there and just building your brand as yourself and letting the sponsorships come to you? Because I think right away when July 1st hit, a lot of people were like, let me send out an email to 35 different organizations and see who's going to sponsor me. And for me, I was like, I'm just going to keep, you know, building my brand, working on me. And if somebody reaches out, that's great. But I don't want to, you know, promote myself on something that I don't truly believe in that I'm not passionate about. Mm -hmm. And going back into like the mental health aspect of it. And this is something that we talked about at the NCAA level over the past couple of weeks is making sure that student athletes feel represented, that student athletes feel like they're given a fair opportunity to get these deals. Because one thing that we talked about a lot was, well, let's say you have two athletes in the same conference, but one of them is at a school in a state where there's more NIL legislation right now that provides more opportunities. And one of them is in a state that has different rulings that makes it a little bit more difficult. And obviously I'm not as well-versed as you are when it comes to what states have what and how that all works. But we were talking about like, if it gets to the point where some states are, you know, providing better opportunities with legislation for student athletes, all of a sudden in the recruiting process, student athletes are going to want to go to schools in that state. Student athletes are going to be drawn towards opportunities where they can profit off of their name, image, and likeness and trying to figure out at the NCAA level, at the D3 level, at the conference wide level, how to level the playing field and make it available for all student athletes. Because, you know, tying back into the mental health, if you're a student athlete at, let's say at co and you want to get this sponsorship deal and all, you know, one of your teammates gets the deal that you were hoping to get. And, you know, this is just, this is just a random, you know, just making the situation up, but you know, you don't, we don't want people that are like, all of a sudden they're like upset with their teammates because their teammate got a deal that they didn't get. And you don't want, people to get frustrated because they're not having any luck on open doors, you know, brands are reaching out to them and they're not having as big of success as they wanted. And so, yeah, there's all of these great positives to NIL, but with every great thing, there's also 
a backlash. There's, there's that side of it that doesn't get talked about as much. And I think for me personally, that's like what I was really focusing on with our NCAA meetings. I was like, how do we make sure that every student athlete is still able to get the opportunities they want? And obviously not every student athlete was going to wake up on July 1st and have companies knocking at their door. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm a backup goalkeeper at a division three school in Cedar yeah. Rapids, Iowa. So, you know, unless Quaker Oats is coming knocking on my door to put me on a cereal box. Yeah. There's not really a ton that, you know, there's not like these organizations like the D one guys that are going to reach out to me right away, but mm-hmm. just making sure that student athletes know what to do. And I think that's why open doors is so great because it connects the two. And I think, the more that student athletes realize what is available to them, the more that they kind of just get involved, the better it's going to be for them. Yeah. I think uh, starting with just the differences and maybe the recruiting advantage, if it goes that route between one school and the other, uh, you take, take, take a piece of legislation, like the uh, use of a school's logos. So that's being able to say, Hey, on your podcast, Jaden, you can be wearing a Cohawk shirt or wearing a Cohawk hat under some state legislation that's explicitly prohibited. It's Connecticut, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Texas. Those state laws explicitly say you cannot use a logo in your NIL opportunity. That's against the state law. Um, but in another state, like take like a, a Georgia, Florida, or Nebraska, those state laws don't explicitly prohibit they, they don't address logos at all so seeing uh seeing those differences i mean it doesn't it doesn't take much time to realize uh where an athlete might have a benefit if they can also be wearing their team uniform in a deal and unfortunately that is a side effect and not having uniform legislation uh, and, and having different state Legislators act on this, not having intervention from the federal legislation, the NCA, not having the ability to get things played into it, but we, we don't have to dwell on necessarily how we got there, but that's just where we're at now. But one thing I want to say about that, just around recruiting in general, and we see coaches recruit in a variety of ways, uh, depending on the benefits of their own school. You're obviously going to leverage your school in a recruiting process. So you know, I, I, I'll take Nebraska Westland as an example. We're a small division three school. We have maybe enrollment of 2000, but we're in the state capital of Lincoln, Nebraska. And down the street uh, is the University of Nebraska, big power five school. So we have a college town vibe to it. And that's an attraction when you compare it with maybe another school in the conference who's literally in the middle of nowhere in Iowa. And all they've got downtown is cornfields. So you compare those two Um, And that's used, I mean, that can be used in a recruiting pitch to say, hey, when you come to Lincoln, we're we're in a college town, there's a lot of opportunities for an internship, different things like that, lots of businesses here. That's, and that's even pre July 1st recruiting, right? Leveraging that. But when you go on the inverse of it, if you're that small school in Iowa in the middle of nowhere, and all you've got is cornfields, your leverage can be to a recruit saying, hey, yeah, you could go to the big city, but you'll be a no, you'll, you know, you'll be a no one out there. They have a big school anyway. That, that's the focus of the town. If you come to our school, you're the hit of the town. You know, the entire community revolves around your school and will support you. So there's a, always an inherent trade-off 
between what an area offers geographically uh, for students. When you turn that into the NIL sphere, I don't think that changes recruiting. I think what you see is that same pitch being used of, hey, you're in a big college town, that's a lot of businesses that could work with you. There's a lot of opportunity here. And now you go back to the small town example, it's like, well, we might be a small town, we might have only one Dairy Queen in town, whatever it may be, but I guarantee you that Dairy Queen and every other local business, right, they're gonna be backing you and supporting you. So yes, I believe NIL is being used in recruiting. It's pretty much all but maybe three power five schools have put forth some NIL education programs. So that's out there. And, and then maybe touching on one other thing too, around maybe the drama that can come around NIL, some athletes getting deals, some not. I think it's fair to say we have all probably played with a teammate somewhere along your athletic career uh, that wasn't afraid to tell you that they were better than you or had something better that you didn't. Uh, and that's immature, obviously. Um, but you know, that I'm, I'm sure an athlete, if they're in that character would, would likely be doing the same for NIL uh, and, and something. And while that's unfortunate, that's, that's likely something that will happen. I'm sure that that's something that has, has happened among teams, not that that's a team dynamic you should be hoping for by any means. Uh, but I think that, I mean, I think you bring up a, a valid concern. I don't think that's a concern necessarily warranting not having NIL as an opportunity. I know that was used in, in quite a few arguments to say this is why we shouldn't have NIL, but I don't think that outweighs the benefits of it. And I mean, frankly, if you, if you go in a football sense again, too, who's getting interviewed more by your local media after a game? Is it your starting center or is it your starting quarterback? It's going to be your, your quarterback because they're your premier player, but comparing that with the center, you know, you hope that the team dynamic is strong enough there to where they aren't, but your quarterback isn't rubbing it in the face of the lineman that they were getting interviewed or anything like that. So I, it's a maturity thing for sure in terms of how it's handled. But I mean, I think you bring up a, a valid point. And we kind of came to that same conclusion at the NCAA meetings, but there's not really anything that we can do at the, you know, at the NCAA, at the, at the state, at the conference institution to prevent those things. Like that's just part of the nature of athletics. And so it's kind of up to the players to, you know, take that responsibility on themselves to handle themselves professionally. And, you know, like you said, be mature enough to accept, Hey, you know, maybe they were better suited for that deal than I was, but you know, there's, there's always going to be more opportunities. And so I think you're hundred percent right that it's all going to come down to maturity. It's all going to come down to student athletes representing themselves in a, in a well and proper manner. And, yeah, I think, I think there's going to be mental health challenges that surround the NIL era. I think student-athletes are going to put that pressure on themselves to find deals. They're going to have you know struggles when other people are getting deals and they're not. And that just comes with the territory of new opportunities. And I think the biggest way to promote positive mental health in this era is to just keep your, keep your eyes and your heart open. Like I said earlier, like you said, using me as an example, like I'm not going to promote a brand that I don't truly believe their purpose, believe what they stand for. And yeah, maybe one of my teammates is going to get a deal with a local, let's say shoe store. I don't, I don't care about shoes. I, I wear Crocs 24 seven. Like if Crocs wants to sponsor me, that would be the best day of my life. 
But other than that, like, I'm not going to care if they have like a, a deal with a shoe store in town, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, a mental health organization decided to partner with one of my teammates that did no, you know, has done no mental health, like promotion and advocacy, it might be a little frustrating for me because I'm like, maybe, maybe I was a better candidate than them, but, you know, just remembering there's going to be more opportunities. There's going to be more chances. And at the end of the day, it's not all about NIL. You know, we, we came to like, you, you went to Nebraska Wesleyan to swim and play football. You didn't go to Nebraska Wesleyan to make money off of your name, image, and likeness. And I think that's another big thing with this era is not getting too caught up in the, the semantics of the NIL, the, the promotions, the deals, and not forgetting why you came to school in the first place. Like I came to Co to play soccer and to get an education and become a teacher. And if I can profit along the way, amazing. But if not, like I still have, you know, my purpose and why I came to Co. So I think those are really important things to remember. Yeah, that, that's something where I, I put myself back in, uh, try to put myself back in my student athlete shoes a little bit here. And uh, would that have been something that, you know, would have gotten under my skin if teammates would have been getting deals or I wouldn't have? I mean, you know, I wasn't the best swimmer on the team, nor was I the best football player on the team. And, you know, if an athlete, Uh, or a teammate of mine had gotten an all-conference or all-American recognition like we want to be happy for them I mean that's and maybe that's easier to say in hindsight maybe it's different when money's involved but thinking about just this opportunity in general yeah I, I mean there will be those small deals small quick sponsorships that maybe amount to just your groceries for a couple weeks but when it comes to a larger opportunity I think we got to be excited for teammates and friends that, that do get them. Uh, and, and yeah, with the, with the same lens that this is not meant to be your livelihood. Um, you're at school to get your, your education. You're, you're there as an athlete too, enjoying the sport that you're playing. And this is just that cherry on top. It can be some of that fun cash um, for the weekend, taking a friend out on a date, whatever it may be. Right. So um there's yeah there, there's definitely some framing that's that you've got to, that you've got to put on it absolutely so as we close things out here i just want to ask you what advice would you give to a student athlete who is entering this nil era and you know through your work with open doors through your understanding of all of the legislation and what's been going on if if somebody came to you and was like hey like how do I get sponsored? How, how do I know what to do now that we're in this era? You know, what would you tell them? What advice would you give just to kind of help student athletes on this journey? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, first of all, is just understanding the rules. So knowing what you can and can't do, understanding, do I have a state law that I'm abiding by? Do I have a school policy that I'm following? Whichever one of those just, first set those as your guardrails so you know what opportunities could be out there. And the second would be relying on your support system. So your friends, your family, those around you, your professors, uh, relying on them to maybe, you know, use them as inspiration. Maybe 
you and your friend are, are always joking about one thing or another, or you and your friend are um, both super passionate about something or, you know, Jaden, again, I feel like I keep going back to your example, but if your roommate uh, and you always seem to have mental health conversations, maybe that roommate points it out to you and, and says, wow, Jaden, like, you're super passionate about this. You should pursue something like that. So just relying on who's around you for that inspiration. I think keeping your eyes open to what athletes are doing right now. Again, that creativity side of it. We saw an old lineman do a sponsorship with a candle, a scented candle company. Like they're just seeing how creative people are getting with it. I, I think can just feed into more creativity and more opportunities uh, that way. So uh, with a mix of all those, I would say having a plan is important as well. If you are convicted that there is a certain cause that you want to be promoting or pushing for, whether that's the beliefs of yours or nonprofits in the community, whatever it is, right? Um, having a plan about how you can want to continue to support that, show that online, show that in what you're doing in your daily life, if, if this is really something that you're wanting to pursue and, and you feel like you can, you can pursue it. I, I think that's important. But again, the caveat of, of just understanding where you're at now, evaluating where you're at, assessing yourself as, as an initial starting place is, is also super important. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Just want to say super thankful for Braley for joining us today. It's been a great conversation. It's been a while since we've talked, but as he mentioned in the intro, I took over for him as the uh, national SAC representative for our conference. So we've been working together on on mental health work and, you know, just trying to promote a better a better opportunity for all student athletes at the NCAA level for the past really year and a half. So it was a great conversation. It was good to talk to you again. Any closing words? I am uh, I'm super appreciative of you, Jaden, for, for having me and, and I'm appreciative of the work and the cause that you're you're pushing for don't forget guys it's a good day to have a great day and uh hope you all enjoy <laughs>